Welcome back. The Giants' four-game win streak is now over. They lose to Seattle 13-27. to I mean, not really what I expected, but the Giants are 6-2. and I do think most of us would have signed up for this in the beginning of the year, but uh, just how this game went was pretty crappy overall. I expected the Giants to win this game, so it does make it hurt a bit more. But, uh, you know, they did not play well in this game whatsoever. I thought Seattle, they didn't play that great either. They might have played like a B-level game, but the Giants played like a, a D-level game. They were bad. So the coaching was probably the worst it's been all year. A lot of mistakes by players. Fumbled punts on multiple occasions. We'll talk about it, but hope you guys enjoyed the video. Please leave a like. It always helps out, and let's get into it. So this game was kind of weird. It kind of felt like it was Tyler Lockett versus Richie James of, like, who wants to lose their team the game the most, and... Uh, I would say Richie James's mistakes were worse because they did result in turnovers. I know one of Tyler Lockett's fumbles was very bad in a very bad spot on the field, but he did drop a touchdown, but he caught one later, so he kind of made up for it. But um, that's kind of how the game felt for a while. And just overall, the Giants looked flat today. They did not look like they were that prepared for this game. And Seattle's defense went all out to stop Saquon Barkley, as we kind of expected that to be. And the Giants had no answer offensively. The Giants started to open up their offense a bit more in the second half. But, you know, Daniel Jones at halftime was like 5 for 9 with like, I don't know, 26 passing yards or some crazy number. It was actually lower. It was 17 passing yards I just saw. So, yeah, 5 for 9, 17 passing yards at halftime. Not an ideal start for the Giants offense. And the Giants offense was really bad in the first half, especially the first quarter. Um, they got it going a bit more in the second half, third quarter specifically. But, um, you know, without that Tyler Lockett fumble on the two-yard line, this score probably would have looked a lot worse. But, yeah, the second half happens. Seattle starts to pull away. They started to take advantage of more big plays, and they outscored the Giants 14-3 to in the fourth quarter. And that was pretty much all she wrote. So... It does suck because I do think if the Giants came out here and played better like they have the past few weeks, they probably could have won this game or at least made it go down to the wire. But I just think this was one of the worst coaching games of the year. Mike Kafka was not really on his A game. You know, Brian Dable even had some very weird clock management before halftime and just didn't really want to take uh, any shots or be aggressive. And they just sat on the ball for no reason. And the defense, you know, I don't think schematically they were bad defensively, but just a lot of individual players making mistakes and things like that. So we'll touch on it. We'll start with the offense like we always do. So as I said, ugly day overall. The offense just never looked very much in sync. They had a drive in the third quarter. They looked good, but... um. You know, outside of that, it wasn't that great, but even that drive led to a field goal, so the only time the Giants got a touchdown was when their drive started on Seattle's two-yard line, and the go two yards is really not that big of a deal. So, Jones overall was 17-31, of 176 passing yards, no touchdowns, no picks, and didn't have much of a running day. Say, um, not Saquon. Daniel Jones has been very good at running the football recently. We saw it last week, had a career high with his you know rushing yards. He had like 107 or something last week. Today, though, Daniel Jones was only 6 for 20 on the ground, so 3.3 per carry. You know, Jones does look a bit hampered out there. I don't know if he's actually still injured or not. I do think they said he was over the ankle injuries, so I don't know what it would be, but he just didn't look right and wasn't really taking off as much as we're used to seeing him take off. Barkley was 20 carries for 53 yards, 2.6 a carry, 
did get the touchdown, the one touchdown they scored today. So that was the good news for him. But yeah, just an overall rough day for Saquon. He was not able to break a long run. I don't think the run blocking was that great whatsoever. There might have been a couple runs where Barkley danced a bit, but for the most part, there wasn't many running lanes for him. He did some really great jump cuts at some points and made something out of nothing, but overall not the best run blocking day for this offensive line. And the Giants offensive line is down two starters. We have to acknowledge that. Um, They did get Nick Gates back. We'll talk about that in a second. Darius Slayton was their leading receiver, five catches, 66 yards. Tanner Hudson was three catches, 58 yards. He had a big catch uh, kind of in garbage time at the end. Wandell Robinson only two for 15. So you were hoping Wandell Robinson would contribute more as the weeks went on, but this was not one of those games. And Saquon only three catches for nine yards. I mean, Saquon's the type of guy that you would hope would have at least 30 receiving yards every given week. You know what I mean? So to have Saquon below 10 receiving yards, it feels like you're kind of just you know, misusing or not utilizing your really good running back to his max potential. Nick Gates did come back in this game. He played some snaps, not like a starter, but he was kind of in there as like a sixth offensive lineman sometimes on um, Barkley's touchdown. He was really good on that play. He sealed off his defender and gave Barkley that running lane. He came in later, I think, tried to get in the fight with somebody. So same old Nick Gates. You love to see it. Um, Daniel Jones was sacked five times, but two of those came in garbage time on like that final drive. So I don't think the offensive line was like awful today. I mean, run blocking wise, yes, but there were times Daniel Jones had some good pockets and had times to throw. I just think the issue was guys were not getting open, and I'm sure we'll talk about the uh, the Giants need a wide receiver one thing coming up, but I don't think the offensive line pass blocking wise was atrocious the entire day. They had their bad reps, don't get me wrong, but I think the entire day, it wasn't really as bad as the five sacks will indicate. As I mentioned, the Giants offense, they didn't have a first down the entire first quarter. I think the broadcast said, I could have heard this wrong but I think this was the first time that happened since Geno Smith made that one start for the Giants against the Raiders back in 2017 I could be wrong about that but I'm pretty sure I heard the broadcast say that let me know in the comments if I'm right about that or wrong about that they were six for 16 on third down 37 percent that's not good that's probably gonna be like bottom third in the league for you know the entire season that's not the best percentage Confusing clock management before the half. I don't know if I wrote it down in my notes or not, but Brian Dable, you know, the Giants had the offense, uh, they had the ball on offense right before the, uh, before halftime, and there might have been like, there was a minute 31 seconds left, second quarter, they got the ball on their own 23, Daniel Jones rushed for three yards, then Saquon up the middle for five yards, but after Saquon had that five yard run, the Giants basically wasted almost 30 seconds and didn't run that third down play until there was 22 seconds left. I mean, they were in no hurry whatsoever, Like they were kind of sitting there after Barkley went down and were like, what the hell's going on here? It just seemed like they were in no hurry to put up points before halftime and kind of just waited till the third quarter. I mean, I kind of get it. It was a slow offensive half. Maybe you want to go into halftime and just kind of regroup, but... You also want to take advantage of any possessions you get, especially when the game is still tight. So I was a little thrown off by that, but maybe that was part of the plan. I don't know. So then Richie James fumbles in the second quarter, and that was the drive. The drive right after that fumble is where Tyler Lockett just missed a touchdown on Julian Love. He, like had one foot down, then about three quarters of his other foot came down. So he was just out of bounds, probably should have been a touchdown. And I don't think Julian Love knew where that ball was, but he tried to basically, you know, shield off uh, Tyler Lockett's eyes so he couldn't find that ball. But Lockett did catch it, but luckily one of his feet were out of bounds. So 
they settled for three of the Seahawks right before halftime, and it made it 10-7 Seattle at half. That was the uh, field goal where Dexter Lawrence tipped it, but it barely went through. I feel like the Giants kind of got a taste of their own medicine because if you guys remember last week, the Giants had uh, Graham Gano's field goal was blocked to go up six, but it went through, and the same thing happened to the Giants this week, so that was kind of funny. But yeah, the offense, uh, you know, it took a step back for sure after what we've seen the past couple weeks here, and that was kind of disappointing, but Seattle's defense has been getting better the past couple games. I mean, I think Seattle fans have said they've made some type of like schematic adjustment, and they're playing guys in different formations and crap like that, and like they're just playing better defense they held the Cardinals to I believe no touchdowns last week and the week before that they played better defense as well Seattle's defense on the season their numbers are not very good but that's because the first like five games of the year their offense was one of the worst in football so their offense is trending in the right direction but that's still no excuse to only have 13 offensive points now for the Giants wide receiver issues it's a real thing, and I know they traded Kadarius Tony. The Giants could obviously use a healthy Tony. They could use a healthy Galladay right now, but that's not the case. And I know some fans want to trade for a wide receiver one, but I just don't know if that's feasible right now. Like the Giants, I don't think they want to trade a, a day one or a day two pick to get one of those guys. And if that's the case, then I just don't know who you're going to get. I mean, they might trade like a six rounder for somebody or something like that, but I don't see the Giants really like breaking the bank here for a uh, for a wide receiver. I mean, maybe they trade like a you know a fourth or a fifth or a sixth. I can see that happening, but I don't think they're going to go much higher. I can't see the Giants trading a first, a second, a third. I don't think that's going to happen. I could be wrong, of course, but I just think the Giants want to just keep going with what they have this year. I know their wide receivers suck. I get it, but you're going to get Galladay back at some point. He hopefully can contribute in the second half. The Giants are you know, going to be on their bye this upcoming week. It seems like Galladay is trending in the right direction, and I don't even know if Galladay is going to be good anymore, but you might as well put him out there. You're paying him all this money. You're paying him wide receiver one money, so you might as well see what you have in him. I know he's not the same because of uh, the knee injury, the hip injury, all that crap, but still, you might as well throw him out there and see what you have because the production or, or lack thereof they're getting from guys like David Sills and Marcus Johnson is clearly not enough. So you might as well put out Galladay and see what he gives you after the buy. And maybe that trades out there. Maybe that Jerry Judy trades on the table. The Giants can get Judy for a third and a fifth and then they do it. But I just think the Broncos probably want at least a second round pick. And it's been rumored they want a first round pick. So, you know, getting a wide receiver one is not going to be cheap. I mean, you know, trading for guys like, you know, Devontae Adams, I think that took two first round picks. Trading for Tyreek Hill took at least a first round pick and they had to sign him to a massive extension. Um, you know, the Stephon Diggs trade took at least a first round pick. So anytime you want to trade for these big name wide receivers, it's going to take at least a first round pick. And I just don't think the Giants want to go in that direction. And I don't know what receivers out there right now that's going to be worth a first round pick that's on the market. For the Giants defense, we saw some really good flashes today, but also some pretty bad play plays by individuals. So the Seahawks only had 277 total yards. That's not terrible. 190 were passing only 87 rushing yards and 4.5 per carry, which is like, eh, it's all right. But um, yeah, the biggest concern in this game was Kenneth Walker coming in and you know playing super well the past couple games, especially last week versus the Chargers. And Kenneth Walker was only 18 carries for 51 yards, under three a carry, scored that one touchdown. That was awful tackling by Tay Crowder, Xavier McKinney. But Kenneth Walker didn't come in here and have like the game I expected, which was like 20 carries and 100 yards and maybe a touchdown or two. So 
I would say they kind of limited him in a way, and they did a good job on Kenneth Walker, but they did allow Tyler Lockett to beat them deep multiple times and only hurt them once, and DK Metcalf was left wide open for his touchdown. Marquise Goodwin had some good receptions. It's not like Seattle's offense was dominant in this game, but the Giants did make enough mistakes, and yes, part of that was Richie James and his special teams mishaps, but the defense, I don't think, was really that bad. The only play that really disgusted me, I guess, was the Kenneth Walker touchdown and maybe that Tyler Lockett one because they let him get wide open twice, so I guess that happened too. But in the first quarter, Fabian Moreau, Adoree Jackson had key pass breakups. I know Moreau had two on the first Seattle drive, and they were both intended for Metcalf. He knocked one away on a slant, then he went for like a wheel route, and Moreau knocked them both away. Adoree Jackson made a good play on a dig route later. That was like a 20-ish yard throw. He knocked that one away. And I know that Adoree Jackson later in this game had a play where he negated a touchdown to Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin might have dropped the ball, but like Adoree was in good position, so he made it a much tougher catch than it had to be. So I don't know if he gets credit for a pass breakup, but Adoree, in my opinion, definitely impacted that play. So Tyler Lockett, his drop and his lost fumble, it kind of gave the Giants 11 points if you think about it. So he drops that touchdown, and due to that, the Seahawks had to settle for a field goal. So that's a four-point difference right there, three to seven, four-point difference. Then, after a great punt by uh, Gillian, Jillian, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, but Jamie Gillian, I'll call him, he has a punt down to Seattle's two-yard line, and then Seattle swings it out to Tyler Lockett. Adoree Jackson makes a great play, ripping that ball from Tyler Lockett. The Giants get the ball on Seattle's two-yard line and gives the Giants seven more points. So honestly, Tyler Lockett, with his own mistakes, kind of gave the Giants seven seven points and another four points. So 11 points total. He did catch that 33 yard touchdown in the fourth to make it a 20 to 13 game. So a seven point lead for Seattle, but he definitely made a lot of mistakes in this game locket, but unfortunately the Giants really couldn't use that to their advantage to win the game. Yes, they got you know, points off of that because they got the Barkley touchdown and whatnot. But still, you would hope that with Tyler Lockett having a fumble and a bad drop that would have been a touchdown, that you would take advantage of that yourselves. But no, Richie James had other ideas. Micah McFadden had his first career sack. I noticed he played more. I haven't been too impressed with Tay Crowder. I guess Jalen Smith sometimes makes good plays, but the Giants definitely need some linebacker help, and maybe Mike and McFadden can be that guy. There was a play in either the first or second quarter where it was knocked down by Jihad Ward on a slant, and Dane Belton was in a perfect spot for a pick six. So I know Jihad Ward doesn't know what's going on behind him, so he just knocks the pass down because that's what he's supposed to do. But if he didn't touch that ball, Dane Belton was just ready to... You just pounce on it because I know he was reading Gino's eyes. He saw the play developing, and Dane Belton would have jumped there for what would have been a pick six if he caught the ball. So that was pretty crappy. Leonard Williams was awesome in this game. Felt like he was dominating. He finally got a sack in this game. So that was good to see. He played very well in that game in 2020 in Seattle. I think he had three or four sacks in that game versus Russell Wilson. So uh, I guess Leonard Williams likes playing in Seattle, but he was great today. Didn't see as much from like Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon's stat sheet was like literally zeros. He had like zero assist tackles, zero solo tackles, and all that. I did see some cave on pressures, especially in the first half, but he didn't make like a quote-unquote impact in this game but I do like how he looks overall I think Kayvon eventually he'll be fine and yeah the tackling on that Kenneth Walker touchdown was embarrassing he ran a run to the right pretty much off the right guard or right tackle and he was stopped in his tracks by I think Tay Crowder and then Crowder missed the tackle 
Then he reverses fields, goes back to his left, and jukes out McKinney, breaks a tackle from him, basically, and he scores a touchdown. So that was pretty unacceptable, and that opened the game to a two-score lead for Seattle, making it 27-13. It was a 16-yard touchdown for Kenneth Walker. So yeah, very bad jobs there by Xavier McKinney and Tay Crowder on that play. You have to get him down in that spot and keep it to like a 10-point game or 9-point game, whatever it would have been, but that was pretty ugly. But I will give, you know, Geno Smith credit. He once again played very well. Geno was 23 of 34, 212, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, but yeah, Gino made some some things happen. He had really good pocket awareness today. He made a couple plays where I thought we had him for a sack, and then he got out of it. The Giants only had three sacks today, which is actually more than I thought, but I want to see who got them. I know one of them was Leonard Williams, uh, Micah McFadden, who I mentioned, and Xavier McKinney. Actually, yeah, McKinney's was awesome because uh, Gino Smith had no idea it was coming. It was on his strong side, his right side, but he didn't see it coming, and Gino Smith got blasted by Xavier McKinney, so a good job there by Don Martindale, putting him in a good spot. Spot. Even Jahad Ward, he had nothing on his stat sheet, just zeros everywhere. Had that pass knocked down, as I mentioned. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I know Adoree played well in the secondary. Fabian Moreau made his plays. Leonard Williams played well. Timon Fox actually led the Giants with eight tackles total. But without those Richie James mistakes, I mean, this could have been a much closer game and it would not have put the defense in a worse spot. So you never know. But now the Giants do go into their bye. It kind of feels like a good time to have a bye because, you know, their four game lo- their four game winning streak's over, coming off a loss. You would like to get guys healthier, especially the receivers. And you have some offensive line injuries with Evan Neal, Ben Bredesen, I don't know if they'll be back right after the bye, but hopefully not too far after. So yeah, coming out the bye, you have a couple of easier matchups with the Texans and then the Lions. The Lions looked better today. They gave the um, the Dolphins a good run today, but the Dolphins did beat them. Uh, Houston, I think, lost today. I forget who they played now. Oh, the Titans. They lost to Malik Willis and the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry had like 200-something yards. So um, yeah, Houston looks very beatable right now. The Giants will have two weeks to prepare for them. So hopefully the Giants can at least be 8-2 and two when they go into that Thanksgiving game versus the um, the Cowboys. And that's pretty much all I want. I mean, 8-2 and two would be fantastic. I was hoping for 9-1, and one, obviously. But, um, you know, this Seattle team, I'm not going to say it's a great team. It's not an elite team. But they are a pretty good team. They're much better than I expected. I probably had them down for like five wins the entire year. So they've overachieved my expectations. Same with the Giants. I thought the Giants were going to be like a a six-win team this year. And they already have seven or six. So yeah, two unexpected teams. It was the uh, replacing Eli Manning Bowl with Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, Jones for me kind of gets a pass this game. I don't really think much was available to him receiver-wise. Not to make too many excuses. I don't know how much the Giants are kind of holding back with their playbook because I don't know if it's like the lack of receivers, if they don't really trust Jones. I mean, you still see the Wildcat sometimes, and it's like Wildcat is like, sometimes it's cool when it's unexpected, but the Giants have have made that a part of their offense, and it's kind of annoying because I feel like when you do Wildcat a lot, it's because you don't want your quarterback making plays, which is like kind of an indictment on Jones. I don't know. I just don't like seeing that too many times because the Wildcat has not worked for us and it feels like a month. So anyway, yeah, I'll have some bye week content for you guys. Not sure exactly what it'll be. Maybe like a second half schedule type video or maybe like first half MVPs or first half disappointments and Things like that. I'll definitely make a video at some point for you guys. I'll do my usual this week. We'll do the highlights reaction on probably like Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll talk to the entertainer maybe at some point this week. I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter. Give me a follow there. But yeah, 
Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Leave a like once again if you haven't. Comment your thoughts about this game. And I'll talk to you guys next time.